The dawn of civilization. Primitive. Dangerous. Exciting. The handwriting is on the wall. If the human race is ever going to amount to anything, it needs the most civilized caveman I have ever seen. Ah. Hey everyone, this is James from Cave Dweller Music. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today I have my co-host Brendan with me and we are joined by the Chain to the Bottom of the Ocean. Uh, I say that as uh, the band has a unique perspective that the music is more important than the members. Uh, therefore, it doesn't matter who we speak to because they all represent the band. Uh, welcome to the show and thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Anytime. Uh, do you want to maybe just tell people a little bit about the project, uh, what it's about, uh, history of it, and then what the direction is? Yeah, sure. Um, so we're, I guess, you could call us doom metal, sludge metal, any uh, any zone around those. Um, we're from Western Massachusetts, and we've been doing it for, I guess, we're on our sixth year now. Um we just put out our first true LP titled Obsession Destruction um, a couple of weeks ago now, almost a month ago now. And uh, yeah, we're already, we've already got another thing recorded and ready to go. And we're recording an LP in January. Wow. Hell yeah. <laughs> Crazy busy. That's awesome. Yeah. And, I uh, just, uh, yeah. <laughs> And I've seen you've been touring a lot with some pretty uh, big name bands. Uh, definitely some some crazy up and comers that you've been playing on uh, on the stage with. Yeah, we just got to do the weekend with the Acacia Strain, um, which we we did one last year as well. Which for us is really odd. It's odd to get asked, and we got asked specifically by the band. Um, we're both from Western Mass, and so yeah. uh, I guess their singer just reached out and was like. Hey, give me your give me your booking info. I want you guys to play these shows. And wow. For us, that's that's a much bigger opportunity than I think some like I think maybe even they Ask. realize because we don't get asked to do stuff like that. It's like oftentimes we're begging. So um that that really helped. And I think we've seen a lot of growth from those two weekenders that they put us on. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I, uh, Acacia Strain is one of Brendan's favorite bands, so he would uh, love to catch those shows. Yeah, I I usually catch them whenever they're around. Go to the Palladium and that fun stuff. And are uh, you are you oh, Massachusetts? Um, actually, I live in um right outside of Hartford. Oh, okay. So I'm not too far. I'm like a half hour drive from like Springfield. Oh, okay. Word. Yeah, that's yeah. I actually used to. From. Yeah, I used to work in Springfield at the uh, tavern there, Max Tavern at the Basketball Hall of Fame. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I used to work over there for a little while, and then uh, yeah, good shit. My dude. my um my routine in high school, routine is a bad word, but like <laughs> multiple times on Friday nights, I would go to the uno's near the basketball hall of fame because they had a uh two for 20 takeout deal and my friend and i would get that and then walk over to the atrium of the basketball hall of fame and eat the pizzas yep that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely sweet yeah that's a big uh it's a big lot that place is like blown up too they've like recently redid some stuff over there which is cool the casino yeah, they, they, they redid like they a lot redid busier that. 
Yeah, that whole river walk they redid. Yeah, that's nice. And then you have like, yeah, let's say the casinos right there, and then you got like Insa's right there too. They're all just freaking all kinds of people running in and out, you know? Yeah. It's wild. That's yeah, a cool little spot. But yeah, like every time uh Casey Strain came around, I love to uh go check them out when I can. It's a good show. Yeah, they're they're great and they have been uh like so pivotal and I think us getting a lot more attention than we were getting. That's cool. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, they uh they get shows packed and you know everybody that's usually seeing them is pretty in tune with singing along and going all crazy, you know? So it's fun. It's a great, like, it's a good environment, you know? Yeah. And, and we've never played a show with them that wasn't sold out and that people didn't show up early for, even though we were playing at six 30 or seven, there were still like a ton of people in there. That's awesome. And that's great. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where sometimes I think those bands don't realize what an impact they have on uh, up and coming bands by asking them to play shows like that. It can make or break careers for the newcomers. Yeah. And, and like people really respect their taste. So they kind of become the tastemakers in the same way that like, if a label picks up a band and that label is respected, then that band can, can become popular just due to like the, you know, transitive property of people expecting a certain quality of output from them. Definitely. hundred percent. Right. Right. Yeah, it's uh, there's a label that uh, Brendan loves and I'm a fan of as well called Transcending Obscurity. And uh, yeah, man. they've kind of become that to some extent. They're based in India, but they've become like an absolute tastemaker label and like a new wave death metal stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. But, but everything they do is so well done, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, their vinyl looks fantastic. It sounds fantastic. It's packaged great. You know, like there's a lot of time and detail into like, all everything that they they do, you know, like whether it's like hand numbering cards or, um, you know, just sending you cool stickers and swag from the band that you didn't order, like, you know, all that kind of stuff. But the stuff that they do offer is quality too, like the shirts, sweatshirts, all that kind of stuff. Like they'll give the bands like mugs. You can be drinking out of a chain at the bottom of the ocean mug. You know what I mean? Like it's pretty Mm -hmm. cool. yeah, but, but on the music side of that, people kind of just expect quality releases from them. So if a band signed to that, people are going to check it out. Um, yeah, some people some people just pre-order the stuff before it's even out because they just they like respect the labels taste that much. And another one is twenty uh, twenty bucks spin. Uh, yep, people have really come to respect those guys and, and their taste in music. Right, and they have something for everybody too. You know, like they're not just like a hardcore this and that. You know, like they have all these types of stuff. So like it's great like whatever they have like the selection they have is great for the people that really like those genres yeah right cool um and you guys i know i've noticed have been doing it independent uh is that a choice you want to keep the whole diy thing going or you just as more as the thing of not having found a label you found fits your sound um i definitely think uh at the beginning we were a little bit more thirsty to um join a label Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a few offers on the last one and we said no because we didn't feel like they were good fits. Okay. Um, I, how much do I want to say about it? I, I think we're at the point now where, and I hate to be cocky or whatever word you want to use, but we've been in for six years. We've done the demo, two EPs, 
the collection, another EP, and an LP, and they've all sold out. Mm-hmm. Right? That's that's all without a label. So when I email a label and I'm like, hey, here's our history. Here's what we do when we can tour. Here's this. Here's our future. And I feel, I, I again, I don't want to sound cocky, but I feel like I'm handing to them a silver platter where I'm like, it's built in. All you have to do is say yes and, and press the vinyl. And so when a label comes back and they're like, well, we're open to this, but we'd like to own it for 25 years and we want 10% is going to go to you and we need a three record deal. I'm like, yeah, so I'll just do it myself and you can just not help, but thank you. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And that's kind of how it's gone so far. Um, The last one, uh, we have friends at a record store in Connecticut called Red Scroll and uh, they did the vinyl and the cassettes and the CDs for us. And I'm, ever grateful because I, I hate ordering and packing and shipping vinyl. So, yeah, uh, you know, it gets, it gets old. So I'm incredibly grateful to them and I really appreciate that they were willing to pick us up on that. Um, they do a good job. I buy stuff from them. I've never been there physically and I really need to, but um, I do buy from them. Yeah. The store, the store is awesome. I mean, I go there all the time. I, my problem is that I'm like, Oh, I'm going to go like down the retro and, you know, say hi to everybody or whatever. And then I fucking walk out and I'm like, I just spent $200. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and then I, like, like, I hear that. I hear that. Like they have that, that you should go down because that store is bigger than you'd ever expect it to be. Yeah. You know, I, I just, uh, oh man, I got two kids and the school year is almost over. So I'm like, I, I'm going to have like a little bit more time after work, you know? So mm-hmm. I want to, I, I, I want to get down there. I also, I get down, um, like, you know, that way for shows randomly. So it's, I got to make a point to just actually get there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm sorry. What was, oh yeah, yeah. So I guess, I guess, I'm not anti-record label, but I'm feeling a little bit jaded about it. And I also kind of feel like we've done it. And I, I don't like the phrase without help, but we've done it, you know, mostly on our own up to this point. So unless it's kind of a perfect deal or a label that I feel is a perfect fit or that I've respected for my entire life and Uh has quality output, then it's really not worth it. It's what about like a smaller label that's been doing quality stuff its entire life? Yeah, yeah. So like 20 bucks spin is on our short list. Mm-hmm. Um, we definitely have some stuff on our, like, but even then we talk to people who are on it and they're like, well, you know, it was good, but then this, and I'm like, yeah, I know there's, there's always something. Um, right. But there are definitely, definitely, there are definitely places where we feel we would be happy. Um, 20 bucks spin, Gilead. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you want good. to go a little bit bigger, maybe maybe Southern Lord. Uh-huh. Um, but regardless of if anyone ever emails me again about putting out a record or being interested or whatever, we're going to keep writing music. So it honestly doesn't affect me in the slightest. My attitude. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, just to touch on the point that you sort of raised there when you were saying, um, I don't want to come across as arrogant. I was having this exact conversation with someone today um, who said basically that they always struggle to find a balance between self-promotion to the point of being necessary and then coming across as arrogant or bragging. But 
I feel like it's it's something that holds a lot of musicians back that uh, they feel kind of awkward backing themselves to that extent. Um, and, and yeah, hundred percent. I think that makes sense to some extent, but I think and and this is going to be maybe come across as something that seems unpopular as an opinion, but ultimately what you make is a product. Uh, it's obviously art, which is different to a standard product, but it's still a product. Um, and if you view it from that perspective, then you have to back it yourself. Um, you don't see companies that are producing other products being like, well, I don't want to seem too arrogant saying my product's amazing and everyone should should use it, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, and I think, no, I think absolutely. people need to approach it from that mindset of this is what I make. I'm very good at what I do and people need to be aware of that. Um, and it's, it's tough because when it is art, you do have that, that you don't want to come across as ego. But uh, yeah, it's it holds people back for sure, I think. Yeah, and I think like at least we all grew up doing like DIY shows and being like, Hey, we're going to play the basement or like, you know, we're touring. And it's like this last tour that we did before the AK strain one, that was a couple of weeks long was the first one that didn't feel completely DIY. It was like, we booked it ourselves, but it wasn't like basement, 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 basement. So yeah. Like growing up in the basement circuit or the living room circuit and still bringing like seven amps to someone's living room, makes me be like, we, this could be taken at any time from us. Like tomorrow mm -hmm. someone could be like, Hey, you can't play here. Hey, this is not working, whatever. So I'm always hesitant to promote myself in a way that crosses that line from like, uh, grateful to be here into, I deserve this. Uh -huh. Not, yeah. not that we, not that we don't like we've, I feel that we've paid our dues. We've played plenty of shows we've done the work so it's not like i don't feel deserving of recognition i just right. you know we also play with bands that are like um like uh business bands or like uh school of rock style bands and i don't mean uh -huh. the movie but there's like this i don't know if you know what i'm talking about there's like this company that teaches you how to be in a band yeah yeah um and it's like when i when you play with those bands it's like they when they rehearse, they rehearse their banter. They rehearse like the things that they say to the crowd for crowd interaction and like yeah. those levels of things. I'm like, well, this is a joke. Like, yeah. So yeah, I do, I do agree with you. It's a product. I think the album's great. I love how much time we put into writing, recording and curating all the aspects of it. Yeah. I am hoping that people just see that and it, and they feel it. And I don't have to be like, this is the best doom record you've ever heard. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I should, I should maybe like rephrase it slightly to, to be that there should be a balance between grateful and self-confident. Um, right, I think right, you need right. to find a, a sweet spot between the two where you're still humble, but you have no doubt about your level of skill. If that makes right. sense. Um, be yeah. humble. Yeah. But yeah, like, hum humble you know, but confident. Right, right. I, I used to I worked with this lady and when like, you know, good things happened or I did like a good job or this and that, you know, I'd like walk around and she'd she'd be like, Brendo, be humble. You're walking around like a turkey, like with my chest all out, you know, <laughs> proud, you know. She's like, Be humble, you know. Oh, it's so funny, you know. But I mean it's true though. If you do something well and you do a good job and like people recognize it, and then hell yeah, man. Fuck yeah sell it go for it yeah no yeah. i mean and of course and i mean like this last record it you know the vinyl sold out it's getting picked up by 
you know, kind of notable websites like Revolver and Brooklyn wow. Vegan and and stuff like that. And uh, for better or worse, we didn't pay for a PR campaign. So that's all organic. Um, that's awesome. And that, that feels, to me, that feels like an accomplishment. And it also feels like finally, like, they've heard enough that they can't ignore it anymore. Like you crossed fuck, the threshold. We were, we were like, we were like, whatever about this for a while, but fuck, I got to talk about it now. Like it's going to, we got to post about it or we got to write something about it because it's not ignorable. It's right. not going away. <laughs> no. Yeah. And then the other thing is if you keep doing right by, by your fans and people that follow you and keep making music that they want to hear and playing shows they want to see, uh, that word of mouth is going to spread both in person, digitally, uh, through social media, all that stuff. Um, so it's, it's definitely like a, a combined effort, I think, of self-promotion and then word of mouth from the people that follow and support you. And then if you want, it's optional, but PR company can, can sort of help reinforce that too. But it's definitely a multi-pronged approach these days, in 2023 at least, um, the way you have to do it as a band to, to really grow and be heard. Yeah, and I'm I'm foreign to a lot of that stuff like you know i've i've been in bands for all of my adult life and you know even before that but it's like i don't know like how to get a website to to write about me so that people click it and even if they do are people really going to click it or does it just make me feel good same Mm -hmm. thing with like being in a magazine like maybe my band name is on the cover of a magazine and i'm over the moon about it because i used to pick up decibel you know once a month or whatever but like how many how many people truly get an imprint thing and then are like oh i should check out every band that's in this because even when i got it i didn't do that right right for sure you know yeah there's no there's no perfect answer you never really right. know it. yeah <laughs> so outside of uh your music is there anything that's sort of been a standout uh in 2023 so far for you like what are you jamming this year 2023 you know i think i knew this question was going to going to come up at some point like what have i been listening to because i see a lot of like this is like my favorite thing of 2023 so far mm-hmm. and i i'm like i just pulled out my spotify to see what the last like 20 things i've listened to are none <laughs> of them have come out this year absolutely none of them <laughs> Well, that's fine. What, what are, what's on uh, your uh, what's in your top twenty? What have you been listening to in general? Um, top records right now are, and these are like definitely a constant rotation. Uh-huh. Um, Philosophical collapse by innumerable forms. Okay. Um, always, as always, clutch self-titled. Uh, crowbar, gate creeper. Nice. You know, all probably everything you would expect. What's the I most out? Be... What's the most out there thing on the list that people wouldn't expect? Um, a lot of indie stuff, like um, what's the what's the weirdest one? Probably this band called uh, Bombay Bicycle Club. Okay. Yeah, that was unexpected. Who, who, who like, yeah, I've never, I had never heard the name for a long time. And then I finally looked them up on Spotify after they were in like, uh, you know, my like for you playlist. And they have like Uh 2 million monthly listeners. So they're a significantly bigger band than we'd ever know. 
but they're just not in the metal world. So I say the name, people are like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> that who what now? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, uh, we, we we love that because we're very like our site and our podcast are very much under the the persuasion that uh, you shouldn't be limited by by one genre of music. Um, we started initially as just a metal site. But then we decided to represent what all of our admins actually listen to, and like for me, it's it's a massive blend of metal, psychedelic rock, uh, folk slash world music. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a wide range of stuff. I like a lot of indie stuff too. So I definitely think it's very limiting as a person to to limit yourself to one style of music and base your entire identity just around that. Right. Yeah, and our, like our our tour playlist or like what we listen to, we almost listened to zero metal when we were on tour not just because it's like oh well we're going to play the show and there's going to be four other bands but also because it's like there are too many other things that we all actually listen to mm-hmm. right yep yeah it's is that where you know oh. palate cleanser <laughs> yeah well yeah it's a palate cleanser and then um is that where you guys got your love for uh doing uh some of those covers Oh yeah. Yeah. That's definitely part of where that comes from. Like the, the, um, death cab cover was definitely just, we practiced one night, did whatever, wrote a song, whatever. And then our bassist on the way home texted the group chat and was like, yo, listen to the baseline at the beginning of this. I think we can absolutely fuck this up. (laughs) Um, and it was like, everything about it just made sense immediately. Like I listened to it the original song obviously and was just like oh this is perfect this is like i don't even have to think about this it's in the right key like i could just down tune it and the song is already written right 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 yeah it was funny i was uh listening to it today at work and then this guy walked in and was just like wait is that and i'm like yeah it is and he goes what and i'm like yep <laughs> he's like but it's not them. And I'm like, no, no, it's not them. You know, I was funny. He was just like, cause he, he could like, you know, it was just hilarious. He's just like, what is going on right now? <laughs> we heard it. Yeah. yeah. And, and when, and when like the first couple of times that we had played that live before it was out, I feel like there were like audible or like visible moments of people noticing like what it was. Yeah. And I always really liked that. Yeah, no, it's hilarious. It's it's like um, I don't know. It was it's so catchy too, and you guys definitely fucking nail it. It's really good. It's catchy as hell. Like, you know. Yeah, thank you. We're always yeah, we're always on the hunt for what the next one is going to be too. Like we have we have arguments <laughs> about what the next one will be. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Like, I mean, there's so many good ones that you could do. Even in like that era of music, you know, like ah oh, man. Uh, covers are great too you know like it's a lot of fun like people can yeah. have fun with it like i like it's, um was it magnetic eye that did all the like they do those oh, reduxes yeah, yeah, or whatever yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah i love that like why not like it's cool man yeah yeah i think for us at least up until before we had an lp it was like we had done the two on the eps and we got to the point where we were like you can't put a cover on our first LP because that feels like it takes up too much space. And yeah, like, p- like if we're doing three songs, one of them can't always be a cover. That's just, that's too much. But then we also got into the, the concern of like, we have to find a song that is popular enough that it's 
that enough people would know it and it'd be interesting that we do it, but also is of a tone that we can fuck up enough that it's interesting as well. And like right. a lot of the stuff that we'd want to do, we're like, well, that's a like a song that nobody really knows anyway. But also you can't go too popular because then it's like one of those like pop goes punk compilation songs. Right, right, like right. Doing right. a fucking radio hit. <laughs> yeah, I find those medium hits. Yeah, yeah, literally. It's like what's what's just in that middle range where it like feels appropriate. Right. Are there any that you tried that just did not work? <sighs> yeah. What have we we have we fucked around with a few. We um for a little bit we did uh we played with Carry the Zero by Built to Spill. Um we tried very briefly a few Judas Priest songs. Um there was a list for for a while of just like different stuff, but it, it just none of it landed. It has to it has to feel good pretty much right away. Or yeah. we're all like, yeah, that's not gonna work. Right. Right. Um, Brendan, I know that this is your home turf, so I know you have some questions uh, that you want to ask. Well, oh, what's your uh, favorite brewery? I don't drink. None of us drink. All righty. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, then uh, what's your favorite uh, venue to play in uh, Mass? Venue to play in Mass. <clears throat> I'm gonna I'm gonna shout out the DIY spot in Holyoke called Dracula. Um, right. My friends and one of my roommates, and I guess I help out once in a while. It's a warehouse space in Holyoke, and uh, it's a DIY spot, but it's got a full stage and a full PA, and <clears throat> does it pretty professionally and takes it very seriously. And uh, we played there once with High Command. Oh, yeah. I love that band. uh, That show was insane. And right across the hall, there's like a bowl, like a skate bowl. So like kids come and go to the show and go to the bowl. And it's like, it's just a fun time. Hell yeah. That's definitely sick. Yeah. Um, What's your um, least favorite venue? <laughs> Will you bleep it out, and then I can talk shit about it without without? Uh... No, it's yes. yeah. okay. I no. can't think of. I, am I, can, I can bleep it out. <laughs> here's my diplomatic answer. I am grateful to play any venue that will have us, that will tolerate us, and that the sound guy will not tell us to turn down at. Which is some of them. All right. I am. <laughs> I am. I can't think of any in Western Mass that, or in Massachusetts at all that have been punishing about that. Right. I mean, you guys got like a lot of like, I don't know. You just, it's loud, man. It's walls of sound and it's freaking, it's awesome. I'm sure they're just like, oh my God. And you're like, no, it's supposed to sound like that. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of like, I, I recently switched my rig so it's not as annoying for the sound guy. It's actually more but it's like a little bit more tamed when they want it to be. So yeah. 
like before it would just like it would just hum and i'm like i know that sounds like it's awful but you're not going to hear that when we're playing um but i at least i at least fixed that so they don't get nervous but like just while we're setting up right right um (laughs) yeah it's a it's a lot of like and i understand the sound guy's job so i'm not like oblivious to it but they'll like mic they'll mic everything and then be like yeah when i when i turn up the guitar i can't hear the vocals and i'm like then don't put the guitar through the pa like this room is tiny anyway Um, right and i don't mean it to be like rude but there's only so much that I can turn down. Like I'm using three different heads. I'm using three cabs just for guitar. Our bass is also stereo. So we can only do so much before we kind of lose some of the impact of what we like to do. Right. But I will say for the most part, places are accommodating and obviously we're not crazy. We've played enough DIY spaces that we accommodate within reason. And if a place is like, we have a curfew or we have a sound limit and I don't want to get kicked out, then I'm never going to say no, but I will do like what I can. Gotcha. Nice. Uh, where was your uh, favorite place to play outside of mass? Um, City venue wise. Yeah. Yeah. This last tour that we went on had some really awesome like highlights. Yeah. Um, we played Toronto and it was the second show we've ever played in Canada. The first was the day before, but we played Toronto. And I want to say the room was probably like a hundred cap room, I would guess. But it sold out like months before the show somehow. Like it was announced and four days later it was sold out. And I was like, I, who even knows us in this, the entire country of Canada? But <laughs> we we played that show and kids were like up front as close as they could be like screaming along like going crazy for the entire set um and that was a show where the like person that owned the bar was like i'm so nervous like you guys have a lot of stuff and there's a sound thing and blah 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 i was like no we'll figure (laughs) it out and she told me twice during our set like she walked up to the stage got my attention it was like i need you to turn down like in the middle of a song i'm like yeah i'll turn it down but like we're kind of doing something here um (laughs) But like even that show, like we used the stage was not big enough for all our gear, so we used our we used like half of our rig, <laughs> which is like oh, such wow. a funny problem. Like, but it's obvious. Obviously, it sounds fine, and like we can accommodate that. So Toronto was awesome. Um, we played Grand Rapids, Michigan, at a uh, like very small brewery, and yeah. for no reason, tons of people came, and I was like, we've same thing. We've never been here. Did not know what to expect, and people just came out for it. It was awesome. Hell yeah, and man. And the last place I want to shout out is Charlotte, North Carolina. Similar experience to the last two. Get there, don't know what to expect, and it was just like totally packed, sold out, like super high-energy crowd that just like wanted to see us play, and it uh, yeah. very, very humbling uh, experience that I'm grateful for. Oh man. Yeah. That's awesome. I know. Um, I was actually, you guys were, um, supposed to play with the great American ghost. Um, Oh, up in other yeah. And I fucking drove up there. I bugged my buddy and I'm just like, dude, we got to go see this fucking band. I love these guys. And then you weren't there, dude. All right. You know what? I, this, this one I'm okay. Talking shit about. 
And if anybody, plans Jewel. Out, if anybody wants someone want to forward this information to the fucking guy, please do, because I don't give a fuck anymore. He emailed us and asked us to play. And when he asked us to play, he named three other bands. So I said, yeah, sure. We'd like to play that show with three other bands. That sounds nice. And then doesn't tell me any more information. Post the flyer with our name. And there's 40 bands on that. Or, you know what I mean? It was like a whole fucking thing. So yeah, I it was like a, back. it turned I out to be know. like a fest, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I emailed him back the second he posted that flyer. And I said, Hey man, you did not give us any information on this. You told me there were three other bands, blah, blah, blah. But like, I'm sorry, but we, we can't play this. This is not what you told us we were getting into. And he responded, no man, it's cool. I'll get you a good spot. You don't have to worry about it. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, listen, you did not handle this correctly. I am not playing this show. Take our name off the flyer. This is not fair to anybody involved. And he's and he just didn't respond. And so I posted like on Facebook and Instagram, like, hey, sorry, we're not actually playing this. And I did it then and then I did it day of, but clearly it got through the cracks and fuck that guy. Damn. Yeah. It was still a good show, but um Dude, yeah, yeah. I was like, and then um, you guys, I guess, played like uh, a week later or something like that. And I was like, God damn it, I'm busy. Fuck. You know? Yeah, I mean, that sounds about right. We don't we don't cancel like I think we've probably canceled like maybe two shows in six years. And it was due to like very serious illness or whatever. Like I I felt so bad not going because I was like, this, this isn't what we signed up for. So I don't feel bad in that aspect. But it's not fair to someone like you who's like, oh, I'm going to go and I hope to see this band because this fucking guy has too much pride or whatever the fuck it is to be like, oh, they've made a decision because they had different information than what I told them or whatever. I mean, he could have said anything like, um, hey, man, like the band can't make it. We're going to replace them with somebody else, blah, 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 blah. Or, yeah, you know Lord, I mean? Lord knows. It's happened before, man. Like, played that. Yeah, I'm not, we're not the first band to be like, oh, sorry, we're not playing that. Right, 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 right. Yeah, man. Oh, that's wild. Actually, you know, that's what I was, uh, I remember actually looking at the ticket stub because I had bought my friend a ticket. And then you guys weren't on it afterwards, but you were on the flyer. So I don't know. Yeah. You're so like, I don't know. Yeah. It's odd, man. It sucks, but <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. But I do yeah. make a point next time you guys are around because you're pretty close. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to make that shit happen. Um, what's uh, your guys' favorite song to play live? Um, Right now, I'm really liking the first song on an unreleased EP uh, that we've been playing live, like in pretty heavy rotation. Nice. Are Um, you allowed to say the title or no? I'm going to be completely honest with you. I only know it by its working title that we write on the set list. I cannot remember what its actual title is. So... Uh, it will not behoove me to say what the working title is because it's a joke. Gotcha. Um, is it an original or a cover? It is an original. Nice. All right. Um, but it's like, it's the first, um, it'll be the first chain song with like a true guitar solo in it. 
Um, All right. We recorded at um, a place called Machines with Magnets in Providence in January. We did three songs. And I think usually a band is like the the most recent thing that they've done is their favorite thing, but they are definitely my favorite songs that we've done. They're grosser and like grittier. And um, I think our playing has improved like tremendously in, in all of the songs. If you compare, like if you go chronologically, so if you listen to the LP and then you listen to this new EP, I feel like we all pass like this plateau of playing and they are just, they're way better than, I feel better and more confident than I ever have. Nice. Hell yeah. Um, who's, uh, who does your cover artwork and all that, your layouts and all that, like everything's phenomenal. Um, we've got, had different people do art. Um, the first few EPs were, um, Blyle Cabal. Okay. That's yep. what his, that's what his tag is on uh, Instagram. And then, yeah, I'm familiar with that the ep and also the next ep that isn't out yet covers were done by um his, he's from brazil his name is marcio uh blas blasphemator on instagram and he's he's awesome he does like these very small little i think they're oil paintings or maybe they're acrylic i guess i don't i don't really okay. understand art but uh so is, he did the e, he did the EP before the LP, and he also has done the next EP. Gotcha. I know you posted uh, recently, like a, a picture of like some kind of oil painting. Was that it? No, it hasn't been posted yet. Oh, okay. Um, but the, I was strumming through your Instagram, and I saw something that was like looked like it was an oil painting. Yeah, yeah. There's. I just just I'm just posting stuff. You got gotcha. you got to keep the algorithm happy, or like. Like we were talking, you got to keep the outer room happy, or or people will. Oh yeah, dude! Like fall off. It's it's horrific. Right, right. We were we um, always make jokes about feeding the algorithm, and uh, we actually said he's like James was like, do you know how many people are in the band? And I'm like, I don't know. It's like it's an AI band. It's a it's a it's an algorithm band. I don't know. We yeah. don't know. <laughs> they don't exist. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's like. And like I'll post, I would post like live photos and stuff, but I think for every 50 to 100 people that come to a show and take pictures of a band, excuse me, you'll hear from three of them. So it's like, I wish I, this is such a silly sentence. I wish I had more content to post that is like interesting, but I don't. So I'm like, oh, I've saved like 40 pictures of like classical oil paintings that I think look tough. I guess I'll just dip into the archives. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. But yeah, the, the, so yeah, he did the next one, which we probably won't see for a bit because we just put out an LP, obviously. Who, nice. uh, Marius Lewandowski did the art for that. So he, I think probably the most famous or popular one he did is he did the Bell Witch Mirror Reaper album cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, he recently passed too, didn't he? Yes, he did. Uh, yeah. I want to say like last November or so. It was, yeah. Yeah. He did a lot of bands artwork. Uh, he was. He did a lot of um, the Transcending Obscurity bands artwork, you know, like 
He's prolific, man. He did a lot of cool shit. I love like that Mirror Reaper. He does a lot of crazy shit, man. Like really neat stuff. He makes things look very massive. Yeah, yeah. And you know? I, I, I could. I'm probably wrong, but right after, because I was talking, I, I had talked to whoever handles his affairs now fairly recently. Um, yeah, it's probably a family member, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I, I would assume, but um, the. We were just, we had like a couple back and forths. And I think after Mirror Reaper is when he really started doing album covers. I don't think he mm. had done a ton before that. I think he was just like this classically trained painter. Right. Um, and then he did Mirror Reaper and bands were like gobbling up, trying to get the licenses for stuff, which is valid. I think, you know, a lot of people didn't realize what was out there with stuff like that. Because I don't know how I would have discovered it if it wasn't through bands. Right, right. Right, because a lot of times, like, you know, a lot of people, like, look for, like, music and whatnot, but then, like, they don't, they're like, I don't know, how does the art come about? Like, where does it come from, you know? And, like, someone who's making diabolical music, they're all those people that are making diabolical paintings, you know? It's Yeah. yeah. And and in, and in this scenario, I, I mean, I could be wrong, but, like, we had emailed back and forth when he did our art, and it was just, like, normal old guy who just loves painting, like... Yeah. Um, when I had reached out to him, we had back and forth a little bit and talked about what we were looking for. And I didn't give him any direction or anything. I just said, you know, he's like, tell me what it's about. Give me some of the music. Give me maybe a track listing or some themes, that kind of stuff. And that's yeah. basically what I did. I said, hey, it's going to be called Obsession Destruction. This is the track list. These are the things that it's about. These are the things we're trying to evoke. And he said, yeah, uh, I'd love to do it. That sounds awesome. Give me time. Don't give me any direction. And you'll hear from me when you hear from me. And I said, okay, have at it. And then, you know, eight months later, he just sent us an email that's like, here's the painting. I call it Touch of Light. Do you like it? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I fucking like it. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, hell fucking yeah. Yeah, it's awesome, man. Hey, you guys um, popped in a massive poster with the LP I bought. I don't know if all of them came with one, but yeah. Yep. Yep. I felt like even though the LP is like bigger and you can actually see the full art, I still didn't feel like it did it justice. So I like, you know, I hassled red scroll into putting a poster with all of them. No, it's awesome. Yeah. They, they it, it's awesome. It's really massive. I took a picture of it and posted it in our uh, little uh, group we got going on. Do like a Wednesday merch day kind of thing sometimes. Mm -hmm. Not all the time, but we try to. We're busy people. So, um, but yeah, it was one of the most recent ones I had popped in there. It's awesome, man. It was funny too, is uh, when I was listening to, um, uh, I tried to catch you, but you fell through me and I mm -hmm. had put it on uh, B side. And I was like, oh, <laughs> nope, there's no grooves there. Better not do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we usually, like the first, I don't I don't know if you have the first two EPs, but we had done. I don't. They were single, I yeah, they were single-sided, but we did, we screen-printed the B-side. Yeah. Um, with the album art. And then on that one, I I tried to do something similar, but that one we got, we ordered kind of during the middle of COVID, not, not during the middle of it, kind of, I guess more toward the tail end, but right. at Everybody's that time record, rec record plants were like, I can't do a fucking thing for you. And you'll be lucky if you get this in a year and a half. 
And I was like, well, I, I guess we'll just go with it. But then that way, instead of doing like no cover, like, cause the other two don't have jackets. It's just the art is printed on it and that's what you get. So I was yeah. like, well, we'll do this one. Like as a jacket, no B side, it, it's kind of a wash it ends up being the same product. Um, and I'm still, I mean, I'm very proud of that EP. It, yeah, I feel man. like it's, I feel like it's dwarfed by the fact that we just put out an LP, but I do think those songs are really good. Oh, dude. It's so good. That third track too gets like real. I love the bass in the back and, and it's like so good. Yeah. And that's like, we've been on this last tour. I would say we probably played that song the most. That was like the closer song. Fuck. Yeah, man. It's a fucking bomb. It's awesome. Yeah. I love just like, like muting my guitar and just letting the bass like take charge for a bit. Cause it sounds so fucking sick when we play it like stereo at like through a good PA system. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Nice. And then I, uh, who does all like the little tidbits, like the, like things that you guys have, like, um, like the porches and things and such of that nature. Oh, uh, a lot of that is like archival, like found stuff. No from- shit like uh gustav door and albert durer like old woodcut like 1500 stuff um, some i'm trying to think of any of it is not ripped from that i think most of it is like old woodcut stuff um from like the 15th 16th century i yeah. my my history is probably wrong on that but somewhere in there gotcha um, and we'll just like we'll i have like books and stuff or we'll browse like you know old internet files of that stuff and try to find stuff gotcha gotcha yeah it uh i was like i don't know checking stuff out blah 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 and then like doodling i always like i don't always but like i was doodling a lot and i had uh was uh designing like a little torch kind of thing for something that we were doing and it was kind of like I was inspired by that kind of stuff, and that's funny to hear that it's a uh, old, uh, like kind of wood burning. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know. Maybe we should get. Maybe we should have new stuff done for that. But it's just so perfect. No, it's great. It's perfect. It's it's really. I don't know. I don't think you need to change it. We did. We did recently get. Um, I did recently get a, a woodcut style drawing done for the back cover of the new ep which i'm very excited to share uh yeah. might might be one of my favorite pieces of art that i've ever asked someone to physically create hell yeah do you have any what, what's it like any landscape at all or no uh it is a <laughs> I'll tell you what it is. It is a picture of Jesus sitting down uh, with a shotgun in his mouth. All right. Yes. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, who did that art or is doing that? Yeah. So his, um, I guess I, uh, dude, I'm, I feel so bad. I can't remember what his actual name is, but his like artist name is, Hagiophobic. He's from Germany. He plays in some bands and we've worked together on some stuff before. He did our cool. logo too, actually. Nice. Um, but yeah, he did like a he did an absolutely stellar job. I 
cannot wait to put that on a shirt. Gotcha. Um, are you guys going to play at the Big E? Dude, I would do anything to play at the Big E. I would do anything to play the tiny stage right at the entrance of the Big E. How fucking cool would that be? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would be it would be awful. It would be like a true nightmare of mine. But I guess maybe for free entrance and like a baked potato, I would do it. Knock <laughs> uh, uh, awesome. Loose played last year, so there's hope. Right, right, exactly. And I, I missed that night too. I'm like, there's no way that this is happening. And I'm like, fuck, man. But um, yeah, I there's, wish I could make there, every night. To be fair, there's no way it was good. Like they, the way they do sound and like the shows there, there is just no planet where that sounded good. Yeah, yeah. It's it's designed for freaking country rock and shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. But like, so sick that they played the the fucking biggie for no reason. Right, right. That's why I was like, you dude, there's like, there's, there's some fucking killer local bands, man. Like that would be fun, be fun as hell. Yeah, I mean they they could do it, but it's like they'll have like stained play or whatever. Right, right. Which is is valid. Obviously, I don't think we should be chosen over stained for the uh, county fair. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but i would do it i'm not opposed i'm not opposed. hell yeah hell yeah well, well besides the baked potato what's your uh your favorite spot at the biggie that you gorge yourself on dude i'm gonna i'm gonna say this and if you don't know what i talk about this with my roommate all the time if, if i if you don't know what i'm talking about i'm gonna sound like an absolute monster you know where they do the butter sculpture yep you know, next to that, they have the little milkshakes. Yeah. Have you ever gotten the milk? I have not. I don't, no. Exactly. No. You wouldn't. No. You wouldn't. Because why would you? Because why would you walk? Like, no human should walk by. Because it's not a milkshake. It might say milkshake, but it's really chocolate milk. But it's like a dollar. And every human being walks by it because what? why the fuck would you want that? Like To me, it, it doesn't even sound appealing. I don't drink milk. I think it's very unappealing. But... It's this old style of milkshake machine that they use that makes the milk like a milkshake, but it doesn't have ice cream in it. I don't know how to All explain right. it. It's fucking gotcha. incredible. Hell yeah. All right. Milkshake, All right. Milkshakes are like my absolute weakness. I, I'm lactose intolerant. And when it comes to milkshakes, I just don't even care. This, this is like, it is better than the best milkshake you've ever had. I I oh, wish I wish there was a way for me to explain it without sounding like an absolute mutant. No, man. My kids love milkshakes. Like um my wife loves milkshakes. I I like them. I'm not like let's go get milkshakes, but like there's more oh, times man. than not that like when we go out to get ice cream, um you know, my my oldest and my wife will get milkshakes. That's me. I'm always like in the mood for a milkshake. You've got to take them to the milk cart near the butter sculpture it's right next right. to it can't miss it yep and i mean also, they keep shit the is, same all the time you know what i mean so like, yeah, it's like yeah. so like everybody gets fucking hammered walks around spends their money on the fucking things and the stuff and it's all the same you know yeah. <laughs> it's also i think it is legitimately one dollar or it might be two dollars so yeah, you won't dude, feel I, bad 
the way you're talking about it, I'll pay him five. Yeah. No, I, I, <laughs> I don't know why I, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't, compare. Right? I mean, hey, I, man, I, it's I like, it's, like dog shit anyway, but <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. The uh, brewery I work for did a uh, pickle sour beer for that festival. Mm-hmm. And then uh, since then, uh, we've made it like a few more times and like every time it sells out, it's gone. Does it taste like pickles? Yeah. Yeah. So we make like, like, uh, like we get, uh, I don't know if I'd like drinking them. Yeah. So I don't know. People are fucking wild, right? So we make sour beer and, um, you know, we just take like our, our good old sour base and we blended it with pickle juice and, uh, it's fucking delicious. But we partnered up with a uh, local deli, so um, they give us their pickle juice that they like sell all the oh, time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All that, yeah, yeah. So it's That's like, cool. yeah, yeah. It's an old school style uh, Jewish jelly. You know, um, they just you know awesome fucking sandwiches, pastrami, mile high kind of shit. You know, it's it's awesome. So, but yeah, they give out pickles all the time with all their meals and they're fucking delicious. So we, we snag that juice and we, uh, blend it with our, our beer and sell it. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. That's sick. But, oh man. Uh, last question I got about music and fun stuff is, uh, song titles and all that good stuff. Like, how are you guys coming up with all that? Um, I guess a handful of different places. Some of it is like the actual, what the song is about uh, gotcha. or what, or, I mean, that's obvious, right? I guess bands, that's not, that's not the weird one. Uh, but I think most of it is not that most of it is referential or what the tone of the song is to me or us before like it's fully formed. So, um, I'm trying to think of I'm going to actually pull up the fucking album because I'm so bad at titles because we use working titles for everything. Yeah. When we first write them and then I'm like, Oh, I want it to be this, or I think it should be that. And then by the time we get to the point where we have the title, we have played the song 40 times at shows with working titles. Yeah. Um, so like on obsession destruction the second song summer comes to multiply is a lyric from a bony bear song um the rest of them are kind of like the 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 vibe of obsession destruction being the like double lp is that the first half being the first four and the second half being the second four is like the altar is the start of the first album and the chalice is the start of the um, second album. So like the goal was for those to be like evocative of the, of like setting the scene. Gotcha. Um, And with a lot of them, it's, it's similar, just like what, what emotion does the song evoke? What, how can the title evoke that emotion? And sometimes the title actually influences the lyrics rather than the lyrics influencing the title gotcha gotcha that's a cool way to look at it oh, and i i i did have one more kind of uh question um how did you guys get together doing the uh heavier than Dow? um 
dude, I am so bad with names, but the guy from the person from Rift Merchant reached out to us and was just like, Hey, will you do this? And we were like, yeah, why not? We've been trying to escape people comparing us to thou for six years. Why not push that off for another 10? Um, so yeah, but we were like, well, we don't want to cover fucking chain to the bottom of the ocean. That's too obvious. And I feel like if we cover a thou song, then it's just going to sound like thou is playing it. Right. And we can't play it better than thou. So our spin on it was to do a cover of their cover that is partially our name and kind of felt like it was the right move. And also, I always really wanted to cover that song, but knew we couldn't do it because they did it. Right, right. So it was kind of the perfect uh, excuse. Hell yeah. Nice. Yeah, we were lucky enough to have Brian from Thou come on the podcast uh, a little while back, and he's just one of the just awesome dude. Really good dude. Yeah, man. Yeah, we've, we've played with them once, and I've... I like I've been to his record store in New Orleans and uh-huh. I bought stuff from him online before and he's always very sweet. Hell yeah. I did I did listen I also I listened to part of that interview oh, and okay. some a part of it that I was really really identifying with for better or for worse and I don't know if he was joking because I didn't listen to the entire segment so if I'm saying it out of context please let me know but he was like it's hard going to shows lately because it feels like people don't care that we're playing. Oh yeah. No, he was saying that he wasn't joking. Yeah. Um, he was saying like, you know, I know that we play our songs and they're not like high tempo or maybe they're, you know, too low tempo, but like kids will just stand there and like they're stone faced. They have like a fucking malaise. Like we've killed them. (laughs) And I identify with that so fucking much lately that I'm like, dude what are we doing wrong i'm like you came to the show right like you wanted to be here and it could be and like i remember him saying like we could play to a packed room and everybody stands there with their arms folded as if they are in jail Mm -hmm. and like that we have that too and i i don't get it but i also identify with him like i'm not the fucking hardcore vocalist who's like gonna tell people to move or like fucking kill each other because that's just not who we are right right right. at the same time i'm like i want some sort of engagement but i don't know what that is is it because like when i see i'm trying to think of like bands at the very like height of slow doom or whatever like people don't mosh really to yob or neurosis or like, I don't know. I guess, I, yeah, right. Sing along, right. So like, you know, like, so like what, what the engagement that I'm asking for is, I don't even know what the fuck I'm asking for. I want right. to feel like people want to be there. And I feel like sometimes we are like this dark cloud that has to fucking show up for 30 minutes. And I don't like feeling that way. Right. I, I think right. like we've had a few people on the show that have said a similar thing. And some of them aren't slow, heavy bands as well um they've just said that in the last couple of years they've kind of noticed a change in the attitude and energy of crowds do you Um, think yeah do you think it could be a lot of people that are maybe new to the band possibly that like maybe hey i've been listening to this for a while but now i just like kind of want to soak it in maybe or like 
Because, I mean, there's no way, like, I know when I'm listening to the music, I'm just like, God damn, you know, like, fuck, you know, and then it's like ice and it lets me down for a little bit and then it just fucking crushes me, you know, like, there's no, like, you have reactions for sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And like, there's obviously no right way to react or listen to music. So like him or I feeling like, oh, these people are just standing there doesn't mean that internally they're not experiencing maybe like, oh, this they could leave that show and every single one of them could think that was the best band I've ever seen. That was the like most for me, emotionally engaging experience I've ever had at a concert. Like maybe you're just like literally melting their minds. (laughs) Yeah. They can't react. They're just frozen in time. And it's like, fuck. (laughs) And that's the other thing too, is like after almost every show, someone will come up to me and be like, dude, I've been looking forward to seeing you guys for so long. I love just like, just list, like you guys were earth shattering. Like the, the riffs were so good. And I was, and I'm like, that's awesome. Thank you. Because I thought when we played, everybody wished we were dead. So (laughs) like hugely hugely appreciate that. But it's also part of it is like, we play, like I was saying before about like good shows that we played on tour is like one night you can play to a hundred kids who are all like, you know, they're moshing or whatever you can do to like, you know, 60 BPM music and singing along and like banging their heads and making you feel like a fucking rock star. And then the next night you can, you can play to like 50 kids who form a circle as if there's going to be like a super hardcore pit. And then nobody moshes because you can't really fucking two step to 60 BPM music. And they look like, when is this shit going to end? I'm here for the hardcore band. Right. So it's, it's like a, it's a, it's an odd space, I think in the same way that I was saying that um, like pride and gratefulness, you have to find the middle ground. Yeah. You have to find yeah. this middle ground, this middle ground of like, are we a mosh band? Are we a stand there and cross your arms band? I just I, want people to want to be there. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember like back in the day um, catching shows in like Brattleboro, Vermont. And we were there. I was like, all at war was playing, and some other like, man, like Brothers Keeper, some crazy like hardcore bands, right? And um, and NAR, um, this like avant garde band from Boston, I think they're from. I think they're from Boston. Um, anyways, they freaking had like a similar kind of like sludgy kind of sound, and it was just so crushing. And like, I feel like it was just me and like three other people there, just getting my face melted and i was just like dude like these guys are just like probably one of the most talented bands here like what the fuck is going on like damn like thank you for exposing me to that kind of shit you know so like mm-hmm. ah, it's yeah. wild man and, and i don't want to i don't want to act like we're like some sort of ascended fucking big brain intellectual band but i do think that only like not everybody who goes to like a caveman hardcore show or whatever is also like seeking a song like fucking the like a 12 minute one of the 12 minute songs on our record that is like plotting and like sounds like it fucking it sounds like a train for like 12 minutes like not that is not i can imagine that that is not for everybody i understand that um but it is like fuck well what do we do because like this is who we are. We can't change that. Right, right. Yeah, just just embrace it. I think maybe you can brand yourself like uh, I see visions of a merch that on the back of the t-shirt says Massachusetts Premier Arm Crossing Band. 
Yeah, literally, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, show up, don't do nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, man. It's wild. It, it, I mean, I guess it's, it's one of those things, like, I don't know. I, I have no idea why why people are doing it, but I mean, I to think me, that... To me, I definitely will say that I approach my like my life my energy at a live show varies depending on what type of band it is for sure like if i'm seeing like black and thrash or something yeah i'll be i'll be headbanging in the second row or something like that but if it's something that's just beautifully artistic or like highly atmospheric i will kind of just stand there and t- soak it in so yeah right, I, right. I think it definitely varies by by uh what it is and sometimes i think maybe it comes down to pairing bands that don't fit super well together energy wise at a show which I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. it's great to have the diversity. Like I'll go to a show, I'm like, holy shit, I wouldn't have picked those two bands together, but that was awesome seeing both of them. And then mm-hmm. sometimes you're like, who the fuck picked that? Like, why? <laughs> why yeah, are those right, bands right. together? Yeah, and I mean, I'm I'm the same way. Like, I mean, I still go to plenty of shows, and it's like, there are some where I'm like, this is my fucking band, and I'm gonna fucking stage dive, and I'm gonna be a mm-hmm. fucking nuisance because that, like, this is what I do for this band. Right, right. But I mean, for every one that's like that, there's ten where I'm like, I'm going to sing the back and enjoy the songs because, like, this band is really important to me. Right, right. right. And, yeah, there's a lot to soak in. You don't want to miss stuff. Yeah, it was like um, I went to, I saw Earth Crisis and One King Down play in Boston not too long ago, and I was just like, all right, I have this vinyl in my hand because I really wanted to buy it and didn't want to miss yep, out. Yeah, like, yeah. And you're like, I'm pop- not, I can't do this. I'm not fucking killing anybody to Firestorm right 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 and i was just like god damn but like so i got to like i got to i I hung back and you know it was it was great i still enjoyed the fuck out of it like but part of me was like damn it hold this vinyl uh whoever you are next to me and just like let me fucking run up into there you know people were going fucking nuts it was awesome you know it was a fucking mountain of people just like grabbing the mic and singing along you know like everybody in the building was you know what i mean but like yeah one of those things i don't know are we getting too old is it is it like we just can't articulate like we like things anymore (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah right 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 it's funny i yeah i don't know what it is but i yeah i did i remembered listening to that and i did want to say that i identified with that and i i think that's a very like uh it made me i don't want to say made me feel good it didn't make me feel good it made me feel uh seen that some yeah that someone who is in a band that is significantly more popular than us, but in a similar world is like, man, we could play a 300 cap room that sold out. And we still are like, was that good? I don't even know. Yeah. Oof, that's gotta be an odd feeling for sure. But I, I definitely guarantee you everybody that was there fucking loved it. Unless they were deaf and you didn't have fucking someone doing sign language. They feel it. The vibration. Yeah. I was going to say, even then you probably feel it in your chest. So Yeah. <laughs> That's one of the best parts of, of music with that much force. You actually, like, it's not just hearing; it's like feeling your entire body be shaken by it. Right. Um, I just noticed we're kind of uh, we're actually over time, but that's totally fine. But I, I have uh, one more question for you. Um, yeah. And this is it might actually tie back to something you already answered earlier. But if you were stranded on a desert island and you had a solar powered discman and three CDs that you could listen to until you were rescued, what would the three albums you would pick be? Clutch self-titled. Mm-hmm. Um, fuck. 
that's so much harder than you realize. Uh, it is. I know. We, we ask every single person that comes on the show. It's, it, you know what blows my mind? Some people immediately just say three of them, like, without even thinking, like, holy shit. Right. Um, I, me, do you think they were prepared? I don't know. They might have been a little Maybe they listen to the show and they're like, okay, he's going to ask me this. I don't know. And then they pretend like they just <laughs> thought of it. <laughs> um, my second would be either Times of Grace or uh, by Neurosis or probably Mass 4 by Amon Ra. That you could pick either Ooh, one. It doesn't okay. matter to me. Uh, Amon Ra is they, awesome, man. They both, they both scratch the same itch for me. Mm-hmm. And then the I, third one would have to be something indie, probably like maybe the newest Fleet Foxes record or nice. um, maybe a, a record. Little, little uh, spark note, or I guess that's not the word, but this would be like a, an interesting liner note is that the singer of Fleet Foxes actually uh agreed to do guest vocals on the chained lp really and then he fucking ghosted me (laughs) (laughs) so i have um the chain him to the bottom of the ocean dude dude it's bullshit i i have um the first song on the new fleet foxes record is called sunblind and i got that tattooed on my knuckles and i sent him a picture and was like Hey, just wanted to say, I love the new record. Like, you know, your music has been really important to me. It's really influential to my band, Chains Above the Ocean, even though we're in completely different genres. Um, you know, I listened to your new stuff a lot when I was writing the LP and blah, blah, blah. It would mean a lot to me if you would do guest vocals over like a part on the new record. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, that's the least I could do. Like, I'm like honored that you got that wow. tattoo and blah, blah. And I was like, dude, thank you so much. And, he fucking sent me his email and I emailed him. He responded one time and then stopped responding. And I was like, motherfucker, are you busy or something? Do you have a professional music career? I'm more important than that. <laughs> um, but if so, um, here's the, here's the last factoid of that is if you listen to the altar, there is that long gap of quiet guitar. Mm, that yes. is where he was. That is where he was supposed to be. Oh. It's almost um, like a different song, <clears throat> or I, th- I was like, "Oh, is it a different track?" And I was like, "No, it's it's oh wow, all right, you know." Um, we we wrote it with that. I I wrote it with that in mind, thinking and hoping that that's how it would pan out, and it didn't. And I was like, "It's fine. Like the song is still fine. Like it has this big breath yeah. in the middle, and I'm not mad about it." But I want to be clear: he did say yes, and then he stopped responding. Uh, you have, you have did you want to um, find somebody else maybe or no? Or I think my heart was so set on it that, and like truly those, those, uh, the Fleet Foxes records are really important to me. And it just didn't make sense to do something else. Okay. I will, uh, I'll champion this cause for you and I'll tag him in the post when we post this on social with a timestamp. <laughs> like, oh, check it out. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I getting caught that. out. If he's willing to dig like an hour in probably five minutes into a podcast and hear me only be upset, <laughs> I'm sure that will get the reaction that I want. And he'll email me back and apologize profusely. And exactly. We can write yeah. oh, yeah. that song. Yep. I'm I'm going to try to I'm going to try to parlay it though by I'm going to email him at some point and be like, 
hey, the album came out. I know it didn't work out, but, uh, you know, perhaps the next one. Mm-hmm. Send him a copy. Yeah, I think that's what I should do. Send him an email to say, this is why I preferred Father John Misty. A <laughs> <laughs> quick a question on that. Who do you prefer? Uh, I don't know very much Father John Misty. Okay, because he was he was the original vocalist he, before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I knew that he was in the band. I don't. Was he the vocalist or was he just like the, one of the multi instrumentalists? Oh, I thought he, maybe I'm wrong. I actually don't know. I I, I believe Robin has been the singer from the beginning, but and I believe he was that Father John Misty was also in the band. But I got to be honest, the lore for me don't know a lot about it. Uh, looks like okay. I just checked. He was the drummer and the harmony vocalist. That sounds right. Okay, because I I'm a big fan of his like solo stuff personally. But uh, yeah, maybe I, I, I should dig into it. I, I'm not particularly familiar. If you like, like, uh, I mean, it's it's super pretentious, like unbelievably pretentious, <laughs> but. I don't care. I still, I still, I still like it. Like I, I don't yeah. even care how pretentious it is. It's just I've seen him live. I really enjoy his music. Um, it's a bit samey, but I don't care about that either. It's very relaxing, and uh, I find his like lyrics very funny and clever. So, I, I actually saw him at a really bizarre festival in Portland, um, sponsored by Pabst Blue Ribbon, that had like him. Iggy Pop, D Antwoord, that South African hip hop group, Lizzo, <laughs> who no one knew yet. She was just some random person at that time. Uh, Pop, that that punk band, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it was just a weird. I don't know who organized it. It was like the most bizarre lineup. Um, but yeah, he he rocked it. And my biggest memory from from that show is there were two dudes in front of me, uh, very like frat broy, and one guy like turns to his friend and goes, "Bro." Do you think Father John Misty fucks? And the other guy goes, "Dude, he definitely fucks." And they're like, he, de- he definitely other, fucks. Look at each other, nodding. <laughs> yeah, he fucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that sounds like probably what. Yeah, I could I could see that. <laughs> um, so that was technically my last question. Uh, but <laughs> my, I just wanted to give you a chance here quickly uh, for anyone who wants to pick up the uh album or follow you on socials or any of that stuff uh what are the best places to to do all of that uh instagram is ctt oh my god uh chain to the cttboto everything should be there um link to bandcamp it's on spotify it's on all that stuff the vinyl is sold out for the new lp you can probably still find it in maybe some distributors or you can pay some absurd fee on discogs or if you're really really nice you can dm the band and i will consider giving you one of our copies um but yeah that's that's the gist of it um instagram is the only place i really update okay and then other other than that you'll see more from us on bandcamp and spotify probably sooner than you'd expect fantastic we'll keep an eye out for it um, thank you so much for coming on the show and, and taking the time. Uh, if they took a lot of it, we appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. It was great to talk to you guys. Hell yeah. Definitely. And anyone listening at home, thank you so much for coming on and uh, listening to the show and tune in next time for another guest. <laughs>